The Money Pit is brought to you by Pavestone, Loops Ropes, and Blinds Galore. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to help you with your home improvement project on this fine fall day. What are you working on, inside or out? Give us a call. Let's talk about it. 1-888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, we are heading smack dab into peak residential fire season. I mean, you're cooking, you're heating, and we're celebrating. It all adds up to a recipe for disaster if you don't take safety measures. We're going to teach you what you need to know to prevent fires at home in just a bit. And also ahead, as you get your home ready for the busy holiday entertaining season, have you thought about where you might put those guests who just don't want to go back home? Well, we've got tips on how to turn any area into a guest retreat. And if you pick up the phone and give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit, you're going to get the answer to your home improvement question. Question and an opportunity to win a cool new product that is touted to be the bungee cord reimagined. It's called Loop Rope, and it's a way to lash down gear in a way that's safer and stronger than bungees. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their question, so let's get to it. 888-666-3974. David Alaska, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I've got a uh, uh, multifamily unit that I own, and uh, I'm having trouble with the floor. The, uh, the major the floor is it's a three story building uh the bottom floor being uh ground le- or below ground level sort of like a garden apartment the windows are at level uh the second and third floor the floor is it's cement poured over i think it's plywood underneath it but uh right inside the door there's a large area that's uh, completely shattered and it dips down in sections maybe as much as an inch when you step on it i'm just wondering how to repair this what i need to remove the whole floor. What I think you're describing is the fire retardant that is used in multifamily construction. So to repair this, what you need to do is to remove that surface that looks like concrete. I don't believe it's actually concrete. I believe it's a product called Gypcrete, G-Y-P-C-R-E-T-E. It basically goes on as a liquid and then it dries and it looks like concrete, but it's really a fire retardant. So you would tear out the old material. You'd repair the floor, which is obviously water damage being near a door, and then you would restore it with new gypcrete to fill that area in. And if you do it in that order, you won't disturb the fire retardancy of the floor construction, uh, but you'll get the the, the solidity back uh, that you're losing because of the rot. And the gypcrete would be the same thickness because it's almost two inches thick. Yeah, you actually mix it up and you trowel it on. Okay. So you mix it to fit. You say I'd have to repair the subfloor underneath it, so remove the uh, plywood, go back to the joists, and and, uh, lay new plywood. Okay. Exactly. Yep, that that would be a standard construct, standard con- uh, carpentry repair there, but you're adding new gypcrete on top of it to restore the fire protection. Okay, excellent. That's what I'll have to do. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Elizabeth in Idaho who's dealing with some siding that's coming apart. Tell us about it. I have a 1970-built um, house and with composite siding on uh, the entire house, but on the west side where it gets most of the weather, the heat and the rain and wind and so forth, the um, horizontal siding um, has split where the, the siding joins themselves and is spread open as much as a quarter to a half of an inch. Is it just in one area or is it all over the place? Uh, it's mostly on the west side of the house that gets 
that gets the brunt of the weather. Okay, so many places it's coming apart, or just a couple of quite places? Quite a few, quite a few. I'd say um, 10 places on the back of the house. I would caulk the seams. If it's quarter to a half inch, I would caulk it. I would get caulk that's colored to match the siding, and I would apply a bead of caulk, because the other thing to do, of course, is to put new siding in. You would have to cut out the old siding and overlap that space and then paint it, and it's a really big project. So I would caulk it and call it a day. Okay. Um, we have tried that, and we've used a product. Uh, is it okay if I say the name of the product? Sure. Uh, it's DAP, D-A-P, and we right. used DAP Dynaflex 230, and we've also tried DAP Alex Plus. And after we put that in, uh, we went out to look at it after about two or three days, and then the, that area has just gone concave. So it's just sunk into the, uh, the siding, so it leaves a, a big concave area where it was uh, once just a crack. Now, can we put something over that? Should we just keep putting layers on? I think there's a misunderstanding with what you're trying to accomplish here. Okay, what we want to do is keep the moisture from getting in there. And and when you caulk, yes, it is going to dry and it's going to shrink and actually sort of fill in very tightly any gap that you have there. You're not using a wood filler, okay? You're using a caulk. And so I would not worry about small concave gaps like that in between the caulk. That's what I would expect it to do. Doing that, if you want to paint it over so it's all the same color, you know, you can probably blend it in more. But that is exactly what it should be doing. All right. Well, it's just kind of unsightly where, where it comes together. It's just a big, you know, concave area, but it looks better than, than the crack. So Let's hope that's the biggest problem you ever have with your house, okay? <laughs> I hope so. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, as we turn on the heat, fire up the fireplace and get busy with holiday cooking, home fires hit a year-long peak. We've got tips to keep your home safe from the most common causes of fall fires after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by the Chamberlain MyQ Garage. If you forget to close your garage door, it alerts your smartphone so you can control it from anywhere. Works with most garage door openers. Discover smarter possibilities at Chamberlain.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win Loop Rope. It's a very cool new product that can replace any bungee cord. You can use it as a clothesline, to lash down gear, or even as a pet leash. Yeah, it's more versatile and safer than traditional bungee cords. It never tangles, and you can even link Loop Rope to create custom cargo nets to strap down just about anything. Get Loop Rope at Amazon, L.L. Bean, Camping World, and many other retailers. Check it out at looprope.com and give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win. Now we've got Dorothy from Alaska on the line who's got a sticky drawer. Tell us what's going on. Well, I have a kitchen drawer, the top drawer with toes of silverware. The most used drawer in the whole house, I think, going in and out. 
For okay. years, it, it would give me trouble just by not catching right, and I'd have to push down on it a little bit to put it in, to close it. Well, it's closed, and it won't open, and I can't get it open. I don't know what <laughs> okay. my alternatives are. Nobody's strong enough to pull it open. And even if they did, I think they'd break it. Okay, so um, how old are these cabinets? Oh, they're old. They're... 35 years old. Okay. Do you have any other drawers in the kitchen that are the same size as the kitchen drawer? Oh, I think so. What you might want to think about doing is if you have other drawers in the kitchen that are the same size as the kitchen drawer, you might want to think about replacing the kitchen drawer with one of those less used drawers because it sounds to me like some of the hardware is worn out. Now, to get it unstuck, the easy way to do that is to go at the drawer from underneath the cabinet below it. I presume it's on our standard cabinet with doors that are open. And what you would do is go underneath and lift, put your arm in there and push up on the drawer and unstick it and get it moving out. So somebody should be able to help you with that. Just get that drawer moving again. But you might want to think about replacing it with another uh, drawer of the same size somewhere in the kitchen and just rotate them that way. If it's the silverware drawer, obviously that's probably the most used drawer in the whole house. Yes, it is. And by replacing it with one that's less used, you'll be able to have some fresh hardware there for a while. Does that make sense? It makes sense. All right, Dorothy, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, home fires peak this time of year. About 900 people die every winter, and more than $2 million worth of property damage is reported. Now, you don't want to become a number. There are some things that you can do right now to prevent those fires from happening at your home. First thing to know is that cooking is the number one cause of home fires. In fact, most fires happen during the dinner hours between 5 and 8 p.m. Now, the advice is simple, but I bet several of you listening right now have ignored it. Do not step away from the stove. You need to keep your burner as low as possible and keep an eye on what you're cooking. Smoke detectors in a kitchen area can be inconvenient when they go off due to the burnt toast scenario and other less serious situations, but they're still important. So the solution is to use one with a reset function. Now, this will disable the detector for a minute or two, which is enough to let the smoke clear. And while we're talking about smoke detectors, this weekend is also a good time to change your clocks and change your batteries. That's the annual campaign that always reminds us to uh, take care of those smoke detector batteries. This is the weekend. Get it done. Next, you want to take a look at other heating appliances that you have in your home. Create a combustion-free zone around space heaters, so no bedding, drapes, or furniture within three feet from it. And don't store anything on or near your water heater or furnace. That's a great point. You know, in the 20 years I spent as a professional home inspector, I can't tell you how many times I found like paint cans, paint thinner, stuff like that sitting right on top of the water heater where it's nice and hot. So that is not a storage shelf. Make sure you keep (laughs) it clear and keep it safe. And finally, be careful when using candles. They're beautiful, but they can be dangerous if they're left unattended. You know, a better option are the battery-powered electric candles. They're completely indistinguishable from real candles, but I guess the good thing is that you'll never have to extinguish them. So that makes them a good option for the holiday season. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Now we've got Mark in Iowa on the line who's got an insulation question. How can we help you today? Live here in the Midwest, so Obviously, we do get the temperatures uh, getting below zero, so I've been kind of doing some research on the spray foam, and the one question that I'm not for certain of is when it comes to the walls and then the sill plate. Okay. The best thing I can determine is looks like when it comes to the walls is probably the closed cell, 
but then getting up into the sill plate, I can't tell. I've seen it two ways. One says be okay with the closed cell, and others eh, just fill the whole thing with open cell. Don't know what's the best way to go. Okay. Have you taken a look at the isonine products? Yes, I have. Because we've had some very positive experiences with isonine, and uh, we also um, have been in homes where isonine has been applied. In particular, they use them on uh, a number of this old house properties and had very good success. So I'm very comfortable with that product. Now, in terms of open cell versus closed cell, don't necessarily have a preference but the key with the spray foam insulations is to make sure that, A, you have a good quality product, and, B, that you have very trained installers because the installation, can you can really make it or break it when it comes to the installation quality. If you don't have installers that are really experienced with the products, they can uh, leave areas that are un- under-insulated. They can actually apply too much insulation and uh, cause problems as a result of that. So I would focus on the product and the installers that are going to put it together first. Okay. All right. I guess my biggest concern is I haven't seen any indication to worry about uh, water moisture issues, but it's the the wind barrier, the air barrier. Well, there's two benefits to using spray foam insulation over a fiberglass insulation. Um, the first is of course, the insulating ability, but the second is the air barrier ability because spray foam insulation both seals out drafts and insulates at the same time. So that's the benefit of of that product over, uh, say, a bat product like fiberglass or, or frankly, even, even cellulose because you don't get the air sealing capabilities. Now, is this uh, a new home that you're constructing? Where is the insulation going to be used? Yeah, it was an unfinished basement. When we moved in, built in about 2005, 2006. How's the rest of the house uh, insulated? Uh, up in the ceiling, it is kind of like you know, a real fluffy type of cotton spray. It sounds like blown-in fiberglass. Yeah, it's not rolled or anything. It is loose, so it could be raked around and everything, but it doesn't itch to the touch. For the most part, it, it's well insulated. It's just the basement was poured concrete, looks like the brick look, and I'm finishing the basement, and if I'm going to spend a little money, I'd rather do it right, and that's why I have been trying to bypass the fiberglass and looking at the spray foam. Well, also, you're going to find there's a lot of drafts that get into that band joist area, and that's going to make the first floor a lot warmer. You know, um, finally, to kind of address your question about open versus closed, um, what we hear... Uh, from the marketplace is that many people really prefer closed over open because it reduces the chance of moisture getting into the product. Yeah, and that's why the walls, I kind of lean more towards that, but the sill plate area, there are some areas where it might be hard for them to spray in there, and that's where one of the quotes I got back was recommending to going just straight open cell and just fill it. You know, it really depends on what, what, what you need to what you need to do to get 100 percent coverage. And if the tools and, it, and it, that may be the truth, because the tools have to get up in there, uh, and they may not be flexible enough for some of those nooks and crannies in that particular scenario. So, yeah, you know, if that's with feedback. I I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Okay, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
Mike in Tennessee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? It's possible even a good idea to uh, put a propane water heater in next to an electric water heater uh, with uh, the bad weather that we've had and the, uh, the possibility of losing the electricity. I was trying to determine whether or not I could put in a propane water heater and uh, maybe keep hot water to be able to wash the kids in the clothes when uh, when the electricity goes out. Well, that's an interesting approach. First of all, I don't see why you couldn't do that as long as both appliances were installed safely in accordance with electrical codes and plumbing codes uh, and according to the man- in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions. So there's no reason why you couldn't have the, the water heater side by side with one being propane and one being electric. But you might want to think about um, a more permanent solution, a more practical solution to the, to the underlying problem of, of losing power. And that is to install a standby generator. Now you can get a standby generator that would run on propane gas. And a standby generator is very handy because it comes on automatically when the power goes off and it can handle the water heater, lights, refrigeration, uh, heating systems, all the basics. Well, pretty much anything that you want it to. Yeah, and keep you moving throughout the house. So I would, rather than see you spend money on a second water heater, I'd rather see you spend some money on a propane-powered gas standby generator. Well, think uh, would be necessary for running uh, the uh, basics that you were just mentioning there, the uh, the water heater, the uh, the refrigeration, the stove, you know, uh, not running the whole house. I think that takes about uh, 15,000 kilowatts, but uh, just running a a partial system there, what would you recommend for that type of standby? Well, exactly. And you can buy them based on different sizes. So for example, if if you wanted one that was uh, about 8K, that would probably run you probably $2,500 plus or minus. Oh, okay. And if you wanted one that was 20K, that would probably run you about $4,500 and then something else in between. So, you know, they're not extraordinarily expensive. Uh, you know, they have to be installed professionally. And of course, uh, this presumes that you have propane available to run them and not na- and, or natural gas, but I presume you're talking about propane. It comes with something called a transfer switch, so it, it gets installed next to your main electrical panel, and basically the circuits that are wired in the transfer switch are the ones that actually come on. So you might have a lighting circuit, a refrigerator, furnace, and so on. If you happen to have central air conditioning, you may not use that because you know you'd be willing to put out put up with not having air conditioning for a few days, but but as long as you're as long as your refrigerator worked and so on. Fantastic. Well, thanks for all the other good information you folks provide. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, fall is a good time to take on outdoor projects, and if building a retaining wall is on your list, you might be thinking it's not one that you could do yourself. Well, truth is, you can, thanks to a newly designed stackable wall product. Details after this. 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com.
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, in its simplest definition, a retaining wall is designed to hold back dirt that would normally erode downwards. But a retaining wall can be so much more. Yeah, that's right. It can actually add architectural interest to your landscaping. And it's a project that you can do yourself with the right materials. So here to tell us more about different types of retaining wall systems is Brian Spurgeon from Pavestone. Welcome, Brian. Hello. Thank you, guys. You know, Brian, I think one of the biggest values of the retaining wall is it it basically creates more usable space in our backyards, because especially if if you've got a sloped yard and it becomes difficult to use that for different types of activities. But once you put the retaining wall in, you're basically leveling it out and making it that much more useful. Yeah, definitely. That's that's one of the applications. Another one, uh, you know, a lot of people use it for is uh, tree rings and flower bed enhancements. Now, it used to be that building a retaining wall was not really a do-it-yourself project. There was a lot of heavy labor involved, a lot of heavy materials, and you needed some pretty serious tools. That's gotten a lot easier as manufacturers have come up with modular systems that can really deliver the structural integrity and the strength, but with the with the ease um, of uh, really putting together a rather large puzzle, correct? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly easy. I mean, you basically just need a, a shovel, a pick, some sand, and the product. And the biggest thing to, to remember is that you dig a trench about 12 inches wide and about 3 inches deep and put in the sand and, and make sure that that first course is level. And once you get it level, it just flies from there. That's right. All the work is getting it ready. And once you get that first course in, it's really super. And you've got a new product out called the Windsor Stone Retaining Wall and Natural Impressions Retaining Wall. Tell us about that. Yeah, the Windsor Stone has been around for quite a few years. Uh, we just, we've enhanced it by adding some blends, uh, more regional blends to, um, to go with the, the landscape of the homes. But the Natural Impressions is a product that that we've had in the market for, I think, roughly about five to six years. And it's it's a more of a premium-type product, but what customers love most about it is that when you install it, it gives you the look of stacked flagstone. And that's what we found after doing many market researches, that customers are striving more towards getting that natural look. Um, so we've found that the Natural Impressions has, has been a really good product for us, and we've we've introduced it in a couple of new colors. But the staple of our wall systems has always been the Windsor Stone system. Uh, it's cost-effective, and it's easy to use, and it gives you a really nice rock face split. And we offer it in multiple colors, just anywhere from your neutral colors all the way up to your blended colors. Now, you had mentioned that people are using the... Um the retaining wall modular pieces to make rings around trees or to create edgers for flower beds. Now, if you're using this in a tree scenario, are they structurally sound where maybe you can make them into like a bench for seating or create something more unusual for around the tree? Yeah, not so much with this product. We, we do have other products that would accommodate something like that. This is more just to increase the value of your home, give you a better curb appeal and, uh, you know, give you something nice for to look at and to work on. And when you're doing the tree ring around the house, it's really, a, around the tree, it's really a simple project that you're only going to go two to three courses high, typically, and then backfill it with some mulch and then some live goods and really give yourself a nice look. Now, where are the products available, specifically the Windsor Stone and the Natural Impression products? Is this something that folks will find in home centers nationwide? Yeah, they're in home, so in home centers. Primarily Home Depot is, is the... Uh, the avenue that that we send our shoppers through, but we also provide it in Walmart. 
a lot of people wouldn't think that, but that's another place that we go to, and um, another independent small Ace Hardware type of customers, landscape yards, and items like that. And if we head on over to Pavestone.com, can we get some information about you know the step by step to actually install the products? Yes, absolutely. We that's something that we've really put a lot of time in over the past couple of years. We want to enhance that because now that we're in a uh, you know a technology world where people are doing more video watching than less reading on stuff like this. We've really enhanced our website. We have all the how-to videos on uh, not even just for the completion of the project, but just from the beginning basics of how how many pieces do I need. So when you've got an oblong or, a, you know, just a, a unique project, you can go on there and put in the exact square footage that you have and the height that you want to accomplish, and it spits out how many blocks you need and how much sand you need for your base. So the website is very useful. Very helpful products and a very user-friendly website, Pavestone. Go there, check it out, and look for the Windsor Stone Retaining Wall and the Natural Impressions Retaining Wall. Details at pavestone.com. Brian Spurgeon from Pavestone. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit, Brian. No problem. Thank you, guys, and have a good day. All right, still ahead. As the days get shorter, it's a good time to make sure your house is lit for safety and security. We'll give you some tips next. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller that we talked to on the air this hour wins Loop Rope, a very cool product that can replace any bungee cord. You can also use it as a clothesline to lash down any gear and even as a pet leash. Loop Rope is more versatile and safer than traditional bungee cords. It never tangles, and you can link Loop Rope to create a custom cargo net. Check it out at looprope.com. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win. Doris in Florida, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? What kind of paint would you use? To keep mold away. Well, paint is not the solution for mold. If you've got mold, there's other causes for it. We can talk about how to paint to cover a mold stain, but if you've got mold, we've got to address the reason for that. What room are we talking about? Are we talking about an interior room? Yes. Okay. And uh, is there any leak that's causing this mold? No, everything's all in one room, and it's it's got an AC. There's no ventilation. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of humidity, yeah. Okay, so here's what I would do. First of all, I would wash the surfaces down with TSP, trisodium phosphate. You'll find that in the paint aisle of a home set or a hardware store. And that's a good way to clean the walls and get them ready for the paint. The next step is I would prime the walls. And you can use a latex-based or an alkyd primer. And you apply the primer, and that's going to kind of seal in any imperfections in the wall and give you a good neutral surface upon which to apply your paint. And then you could paint the walls after that. And you want to use a very good quality paint. You know, don't buy cheap paint because it's just not going to cover well. So good quality paint uh, will do the trick. And I think those steps in that order will address that concern. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome, Doris. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
Well, with winter settling in shortly, we are all losing light by the day. And as sad as that may be, you can do something about it. First, you need to check the exterior of your house to see where the light may be lacking. If all you have is a porch light, it's probably not cutting it for either safety or security. With basic DIY skills, one option is to install a low-voltage outdoor lighting system over a weekend. You want to just make sure you have a transformer, which reduces standard 120-volt household current down to the safe. 12 volt level. Think about the placement of your lights. If it makes lawn mowing a challenge, you're going to be sorry that you've got them. So remember to illuminate your walkways and steps and also think about accent lighting for trees, buildings, and water features and be sure to brighten up any dark corners where burglars could hide. And for an even easier project, pick up solar powered lights that you can just insert directly into the ground with no wiring required. For more tips, check out the outdoor lighting story right now on our homepage at moneypit.com. Leslie, who's next? Tom in Florida is dealing with some tree roots in a drain system. Never a fun task. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Our house was built in in, uh, 55, and we have a lot of oak trees in the air. In fact, it's called Shady Oaks Drive. And I have these roots into my drain field into the the pipes and it's it's clogging my system so it's getting into the drain field itself so it's getting into the pipes that have the uh, that have the openings where the water leaches yeah. out into the drain field yes yeah that's a difficult situation because of course that's a perfect source of food for the trees right so it probably really likes it there yeah, yeah they do <laughs> yeah now is it possible to cut back trees from this area no there these trees are about 6 or 7 foot around they're huge so here's one thing that you can do. If you can map out where the drain field is and be sure where that drain field is, uh-huh. you could trench, and you may have to rent a device to do this, but you could trench, even if it was a narrow trench. Have you ever seen one of these trench, these these cutters that are like a, like a two or three inch wide blade that kind of digs straight into the ground? Yes. You could trench around the drain field. And in doing so, what you would be doing is slicing those roots on their way over to the drains. Yes. And that would isolate, at least slow down the growth of some of those roots into the drain field. They're going to come back eventually, but it might take quite a while. It might be something you only have to do every two or three years. But if you could slice that area around the drain field so that the roots don't go through that and into the pipes, what will happen is the roots that are there will die off because they won't be fed from the tree anymore. And then hopefully they won't come back for a while. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, give that a shot and good luck with that project. Tom, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Terry in Washington's on the line with a decking question. How can we help you with your project? Yes, I have a, an 11 by 12 foot deck um, on the back of my home, and I'd like to put some kind of a roof over it. I, I don't want something to keep the light out, but I, I don't want it real bright. Um, I've gotten five bids and five different ways that they thought it should be done, and I'm thoroughly confused at this point. Um, Okay, so what kinds of things are you considering, like awnings and that sort of thing? Pergola, awning? No, I don't want an awning. I want it to be permanent so that in the winter when it's raining, I can still go outside. Okay, and what has been the uh, the cost range of these uh, designs? 
I've had anything from seventeen hundred to uh, six thousand five hundred dollars. Mm, okay. Well, the problem here is that you have no way of comparing apples to apples because what you have is apples to oranges, and the reason you have apples to oranges is because there is a critical missing component of this project. A design and that, plan, and that's a design plan exactly. So. What I would recommend you do, since the appearance is very important to you, is this is the kind of small project that it would be worth hiring a designer or an architect to lay out for you. For the few hundred dollars it will cost you, you'll be able to make sure that this is exactly what you want to achieve with this space, Terry. The designer will work with you to choose the materials, to choose the size, the shape. And it may, Tom, it may have to be an architect because, you know, depending on what the village, town, county, you might need a variance. You might need special permits. It might be something that you need an architect to have approved specific drawings. I don't think you have to have a permit for this size. I think if it was one foot larger, we would have to have a permit. But let me give you one of the other key benefits of this, and that is that once you have the design done, then you can go back to those five contractors and say, this is what I want you to build. So you're not relying on them to design it. You're saying, this is what is going to be designed. Now you can give me a price to build it if you want to build it. And this way you'll have all five contractors bidding on the exact same project. And then I can compare apples to apples. Correct. Because currently you've okay. got each contractor just being like, well, this is what I think. And then the next yeah. one's exactly. like, and I but try I to narrow this. them down, but, you know, so that they, so we're all on the same page, but it just doesn't seem to work. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, the other thing is if one of the contractors has given you, you know, I, I doubt there's drawings associated, but say one contractor has been like, oh, here's my sketch and here's what I'm thinking of doing. And, you know, you like what's been, uh, you know, presented. You can then use that. But, I mean, really, an architect, this is where they come in. This is their forte. They're going to help you determine materials. It really will be exactly what you want. That sounds wonderful. Still to come, are you expecting overnight guests this holiday season? Well, we've got tips to carve out a comfortable space for them to rest their heads when the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com where you can post your home improvement question like Richard did who says, I need to replace two 14-year-old water heaters in my attic and I'm not sure how to minimize wait time for hot water to the far side of the house. Should I use a circulating pump or a tankless water heater? The answer is go tankless. Look, the time it takes to get hot water out of your water heater is a is a condition of the distance the water has to travel. So put in a second tankless water heater, move it closer to the far side of the house, and you'll wait even less for that hot water. Plus, you'll get the energy efficiency year-round that a tankless can deliver. Yeah, and if you've got a tankless water heater, you will never run out of hot water, which is especially important if you're a busy mom like me. When you only get to shower every other day, you're taking really long ones. (laughs) 
Well, it's almost time for hosting family and friends for those holiday celebrations. If you're struggling with exactly where to put them, worry no more. Leslie has advice on how to create a place your guests will love in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word, which is presented by BlindsGalore.com. And by the way, if you head on over to BlindsGalore.com, the first 25 listeners today to make a purchase with the promo code MONEYPIT will receive a free copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. Leslie? All right. Yeah. Adding blinds is a great first step in prepping spaces for holiday visitors, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time or a big budget. Now, as you fix up those sleeping spaces, you want to start with a really comfortable guest bed. A great mattress is ideal, but a pullout couch in the basement or bonus room works well, too. Now, quality air mattresses can be used for a simple sleeping space, but I'd keep in mind that if you're going with an air mattress, make sure you get one that's a bit higher height, maybe the one that has the pop-out legs as it's being inflated, just to give your guests a more comfortable, you know, opportunity getting in and out of bed. You don't want them too close to the floor. You also want to treat your guests to good bedding, including several pillows and an extra blanket or comforter. I can remember the night before I got married, freezing in my mom's guest room. They had just moved into that house and I didn't know where anything was. And I was using towels as extra blankets. (laughs) So make sure you give them an extra blanket. Now, whether the guest room is private bedroom or a bunk in the basement, you want to make sure that they've got the basics like a side table or a cabinet nearby with a convenient reading light, some store and a few extras like a quiet clock and some water. You should also clear a little closet space on the hanging rod and floor. Give them a handful of hangers. Convenient seating, that's also really welcome in a guest room. You can add a small chair, a bench at the foot of the bed, or even a rolling or tufted ottoman. Clear away your clutter. That means no obstacles on the floors, no personal stuff out in plain sight, and no display of your personal collections on surfaces because you want your guests to actually use the space and not knock over your stuff. Now, if your guest space permits, provide wired conveniences like a small TV, personal coffee maker, even outlets for laptop use, or I feel like we're all charging everything all the time. So you want to have that available for your guests as well. Now, if you're taking care of all of this, you're going to have only one problem left. Your guests will never want to leave. (laughs) And today's edition of Leslie's Last Word was presented by BlindsGalore.com. For free samples, free shipping, free window expertise, and truly amazing prices, go to BlindsGalore.com. The first 25 listeners who select Money Pit at checkout will also get a free copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. So head on over to BlindsGalore.com today. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, are you missing your fresh herbs and veggies? We'll have tips on how you can build a simple container garden for the winter that will have you enjoying fresh ingredients all year round on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 